Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Welcome back to Business Unfiltered. It's Mercer. I'm here, of course, with Jeff Sauer. And today's topic, we're going to talk about how do we manage somebody who's actually working with SOPs? And this came up because we had a recent topic around creating SOPs. Should we even create SOPs? And if so, what should they look like? So that's where this was sort of a natural extension of that conversation. Once we've got them all out there, how do we manage somebody? So let's talk about sort of the definition of two components of this for me. One is the whole manage somebody. Like, what does that mean? So I think for me, it's VAs. If you've got a VA, it's a W-2 employee if you're here in the US and somebody's kind of full-time for you. So sort of anybody that's working as a team, um, specifically internal team is how I'm thinking about. So as opposed to managing a client or something like that. So an internal team member at whatever way they are would be the someone. And then when it comes with SOPs, for me, I'm just sort of generally speaking about that in terms of process, right? Somebody who's got step one, then step two, then step three, however you are managing that process um, for SOPs. So Jeff, is there anything that uh, you have as that kind of similar or do you think about it slightly differently? I think I'm on the same page. I would define it as how do you take the repetitive tasks and make sure they're done consistently and to your level of standard and satisfaction. And it sounds easier said than done, right? But yeah, we a lot of times people reinvent the wheel. So how do we do this in a way that that it's done consistently, effectively, and to our standard of work? So would you say, like from a strategy, kind of digging into that part first, would you say that if we were asking the strategy question, the strategy would be like, what would be your SOP for managing somebody who works with SOPs? I, I would even maybe take it a step further and, or step back and say, what is your standard of work? Have you defined that? Have you defined what your standards are? Have you defined what your company is? Have you defined these things? So I think from a strategy perspective, we always think that if somebody's not getting the work done, or it's easy to think that that's on the person, the worker, but it's almost always on the business owner or the business itself. Because if you haven't defined that, how do you expect them to hold to those standards? So I think a strategy is to sort of think, take a, a 10,000 foot perspective and just say, okay, well, what, what, are, what are we trying to do here? And I think it does come down to, are we hiring the right role? Are we defining what that role does, which is sort of an SOP? And then are we defining how that fits into our organization well or not? And it's definitely a next level thing. This is like the type of stuff that MBAs do. This is the type of stuff that that companies do when they have an executive team, when they have a C-suite and, and a small business doesn't have those roles and it's usually one person defining those. And so it's usually not a big priority. Now, does that mean that you have to have that strategy? Maybe not, right? I think that you'll get better results when you set that strategy, but there is a way to 80, 20 it for sure. And that's what we'll get to in some of our tactics. Yeah, that makes sense. I think for me, thinking about strategy to, to you know, piggyback a little bit of what you were talking about, I think the belief system is important um, of how you're, how you're managing this, how you're looking at it. And for, for me, another way of restating kind of what you had mentioned was we, we have a belief system, which is true. We talk about this constantly. It's part of our corporate culture, corporate in quotes. Um, but that idea of if we're getting a, a negative result, from something, right? We, we gave it to somebody, they're supposed to do this SOP, they're supposed to follow, it didn't quite work. We will immediately assume it is a fault of the system. It's not the person's fault. 
right? Because it, it can't be personal because it gets emotional sometimes when, you know, when, when that can happen, it's a slippery slope and it's not particularly useful belief, right? I'm a big believer in like, you should have a useful belief. So the useful belief for us is it's always the system. Now, if it is that they are not using the system, right? I will try to figure out kind of, I'll go to a deeper level. Okay. What's the system they're using that's causing them to think that's okay. And I'll try to figure that out. And then there are just people where you're like, wow, they just use a bad system and they're not going to let go of it. And maybe that at a certain point, you, you know, they have to exit in some way, shape or form or, or switch around uh, seats. But mostly it's always about that system. The only other thing I would mention that's, that's slightly different, um, but just relating to systems when it comes to the strategy of this whole thing when you're managing people is making sure you're listening for that feedback. Because that is something that I have seen missing in our own organization sometimes. They will follow a process They'll blindly follow the process. And I mean blindly in like the worst possible way. They will blindly follow the process. It gets them a poor result. They do not pay attention to that result. And they go back and they follow the process again. That same exact process that didn't give them a good result. They don't change the templates. They don't update the SOPs. They're not helping to evolve the system. So there is no, there's not that, that, that strategy, I guess, of evolving things, right? It's, it's part of our core beliefs when it comes to strategies. They need to evolve. And, if, and a lot of times they're just ignoring the feedback that they yeah. get where it's like, oh, what used to work yesterday may have been perfect. It may have been a great plan for yesterday, but today it's not because the tech changed or the system changed or the questions we're asking are different now and they don't use this evolved strategy, right? So that's, so that's, that's I guess, the two bits to add to yours would be one, listening for feedback and making sure that you are evolving as you go with whatever the process is that, you know, the tactics as we get into, you've got to evolve those tactics and be, and be open to that. Like it's a natural part of the process for us. Yeah, I think that's the the final frontier and the one that most people miss for sure. I, I'm on board with that. Is do you create did you create a feedback culture? So is it in the culture? So that comes back to the overall the leadership of the of the organization. <laughs> you know, did you create a culture where they reward feedback or do you say follow these steps and don't think about it? It also comes down to who you hired. Did you hire somebody who meets your values, which is maybe it's curiosity, maybe it's move fast and break things, the famous uh, Facebook one. Um, what what is what is that into your culture? So I think that what you're describing is definitely a cultural thing. And if you're just giving somebody a document and saying do this, there's no cultural element to it. You you you're like it's assembly line, right? And right. and you know what happens in an assembly line is when you switch cars. You need to adjust when you when you when you do a new model of a car. A lot of things change when you when you do any changes, it breaks the line for a while, and you need to readjust it. That's the same thing sort of works for the company. How do you make this next model even better? Yeah, that's exactly right, and that, and that's the problem with that that particular strategy of just sort of assigning. Like I think people over delegate sometimes, where they were just like, "Oh, you should just follow this process. It's simple. It's the same process I did in the video that I just created for you." And the challenge is, it's not. They think. Um, they are assigning a process and the manager, whoever the manager is, is giving this process to this person. This person goes, okay, I'm supposed to follow this process, but that is not true. At least in my opinion, it's to get this process is what gets us this result. That's what we're trying to get, right? That, at the end of the day, that's all I care about is this result. If I can give this to a person and they go, well, I had to follow these 10 steps and they think to themselves, man, I could do this in three steps if I just do this, this, and this. That's a huge win for me because they, they are giving feedback. That's what I mean by listening for feedback. They're giving yeah. feedback to the system saying, well, listen, um, I know you did it like this and that's awesome, but I have a different skill set and I'm seeing that you could do it. For example, I'll give you a real, real world example. We had, 
I, you know, we worked a lot back in the day with spreadsheets, not that we don't now, but a lot more. We were in spreadsheets with client reporting or whatever else we we're trying to help clients with understanding their numbers and stuff. And this is before the days of, like, you know, Looker Studio being free and all the other fun tools that you can play with for dashboards now. So people were just happy with charts in spreadsheets. This is years ago. We hired somebody who was a spreadsheet expert, right? So we're like, oh, you got to be really comfortable with sheets. She came in and, and she's amazing. She has all these Excel things and really just Excel. Didn't know anything about sheets, really. So came in with all this Excel experience. We're like, well, we're, and we're copying and pasting columns and moving. She's like, uh, you can do that with a formula. I'm like, Oh, okay. Right now, if she had just followed our, you should copy this and then copy that and then paste it over here and then move this column over here and then filter it like this. We would never have evolved to this day. We'd still be doing that. And she'd be sitting there going, I can't believe these people are doing this, but whatever, I'll get paid for copying columns. But she didn't, right? She came back and said, Hey, here's how you can make the system better. Just put this formula. Here's how it works. She taught it to everybody else uh, in the, in the team. And we all grew right? So we all got more muscle and leveled up. That same person came back. This is probably a year and a half, maybe two years in at this point. Um, and she came back and she's like, listen, I can do this with uh, Google apps. Now I've, I've learned Google scripts. It was like, I didn't know Google scripts existed back then for spreadsheets, right? I wasn't that technical. So I was like, I, wait, what do you mean? What's Google scripts? She showed me this whole thing that unlocked in sheets. She's like, I'll just, I'll just automate it. I'll just write all the formulas. Now, do I know how to do that? No, but that's not the point. She figured out how to get a faster result than even her evolution of that system. So that person, all we did was we were trying to manage her to get a result. She, because again, we think we hired right and because we have that culture you talked about, she felt comfortable enough to say, hey, is it okay if I suggest a better way? And we're like, yes, right? Because we have that sort of culture. And then she kept leveling it up. And now she's always looking for new and cool ways to get more done in less time with less stress, which is the whole idea. So um, just kind of piggybacking off of that when it comes to strategy. Yeah, do, you, do you, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, oh, I was gonna say, I'm in on that idea too. And that that's that's a best case scenario, right? When when somebody, when you find that person who's a diamond in the rough, who, who comes in at one level and, and then they jump on. That's actually where I, where I got into the agency game. I started off doing some low level stuff and I automated the crap out of it. I've actually automized, automated myself out of several jobs. <laughs> I think the disconnect for me often is that the people who automate themselves out of jobs generally don't want to stay in that position long. And it's, it's hard for the company sometimes to keep up with them um, versus the other way around. <laughs> so, so that's like the best case scenario, but also it opens up a new, new set of issues is like, how do you keep this person engaged in the business? Yeah, that's exactly right. But, the, but that's the whole idea, right? So she's helped us build these foundations where no one's kind of chasing their tails, working around basic spreadsheets that used to take, you know, somebody 12 hours to update or copy and paste a bunch of stuff. Now it's just seconds and somebody just checks it. And what's this person doing now? Well, with our company currently, she's been with us for many years. She's now in BigQuery and learning BigQuery and doing more things that, you know, that she's enthusiastic about. So to your point, she's helped sort of say like, hey, I want to grow in the organization. So I'm going to help take care of this stuff and make it easier for everybody so that I can free up my time so that I can go learn more interesting, useful tools to help yeah. the company. And, and that just sort of, you know, and again, yeah, we all go up with her in that, which is, which is kind of cool, right? And imagine that happening with your entire team. That's how companies grow and scale and they do it on a solid footing uh, as opposed to, you know, having that spike that all of a sudden, you know, implodes everything and, and crashes things back down. Um, when it comes to specific tactics, do you, do you have a, like, a, again, it kind of goes back to the SOP for the SOP for that, but do you have a specific set of tactics? Are you walking through somebody saying, okay, here's the SOP, let's review it. And then, you know, then they review it with you. Then they do it in front of you. Like, do you do any sort of that stuff uh, from a training perspective? 
Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's something that it's not my, I'm not the best at this. I'm just going to straight up admit this and, and say that it's, it's actually, I'm not the best at it because of the role that I'm in. Um, I don't think that the, the CEO role, somebody who's more external facing, somebody who's more coming up with big ideas should be the one to do this. And so I'm, I'm building that I'm, I'm either promoting into this role or building out this role, um, from, from my team. So, um, so I, I, so I, I'll get to tactics in a second, but I just wanted to, to just say that, like, not everybody's going to be good at this, <laughs> but when people are good at it, they're great at it. And so you want that natural curiosity. You, you maybe, maybe you, this doesn't resonate with you that, that you want to create procedures, but maybe somebody on your team wants it. It's generally a part of your org structure. The CEO is not going to be the one to do it, but an operations focused person, a project management focused person, they're going to be the ones who say it better or the worker. The person who's doing the work is like, hey, this is we could do this 10 times better. Right. So um, so part of me, you know, one of the things I wanted to say is we have like our SOP library for GA4 that we put out there and there's 80 of them. There, there are 70 templates and you just download them and then you can you can check a box to do things. I fully expect that this stuff will get changed. I want you to download it, make it your own. So every template I put out there, that's what I say to people. Download this thing cop put your data in there then make it your own and just then it's yours now that's your intellectual property it's not my intellectual property is 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 sort of has to be generic when i put it as a template because it's like hey this is how you handle every scenario but how do you handle your scenario how do you set up ga4 if you have a roofing client or if you have a lead gen client or if you have an e-commerce client that's that's where you make it better right and and that's where you make it specific so one of the things i think is to take a general thing and make it specific that i don't know if that's tactical or strategic or not but basically the idea here is that you make it your own as quickly as possible then you you mentioned culture we've talked about culture a few times you create the culture where somebody can feel empowered to make it their own as an important one. Right. And so I, I think that the big one is, I, I mean, tactically, it's really just that you treat this as a living, breathing document and not as something that's a one-time thing. This is absolutely not a one-time thing and then encourage people to change it. And so if I have somebody who, you know, for example, when we go through and we do a new landing page, I, I, when I taught our director of marketing, how I do landing pages or sales pages, I sort of said, here's what we did in the past. And then I, and then it's like, if this isn't working, we make it better. So we adjust it. We adjust the project plan with every single promotion, every single launch we do, we make it better. And so it's just like, let's make it 10% better each time. That That's sort of where I look at it is, hey, every time you do this, just make it 10% better each time. And if it didn't work, it's instilling that culture where they know that it didn't work because we have KPIs and that they are, feel empowered to make those changes. Yeah, that makes sense. I think on our end, from a more tactical perspective. I've I've definitely been on the the spectrum of I have delegated too easily, let's say, without having the oversight I should have had and gotten poor results that way. And I've done the opposite where I've had way too much oversight, meaning sort of micromanaging um, and not gotten great results that way. And my my personal um, goal is to sort of stay somewhere in the middle between mm -hmm. those two, right? So, uh, and that's why I think I hit at least 80% of the time somewhere in the middle. Um, but the when, we, when I go tactically with somebody, I'll walk them through to make sure they have an understanding of what it is. Like, so just because I communicated the SOP or gave them this SOP doesn't mean that, however, let's say, especially if I wrote it, let's say we're a smaller organization or you're a freelancer starting out with a, your first VA or something. It's writing it down and then giving it to them doesn't mean that what you've got in your head is now in their head. 
And I think that's a that's a, a tactical miss sometimes for people. Just because you wrote it down doesn't mean they they processed it in the same way. So have them explain it back to you. Okay, so you're saying this. Well, no, I'm not actually saying that. Great question. I'm actually saying this other thing. And you can make these corrections along the way. The other thing that's tactically good about that is they are you're kind of getting a little bit more buy-in from them because they're co-creating this SOP with you. They're not just taking your thoughts, right? And I've and I've done both ways where it's I will definitely get better results that 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 way than I have with follow this stuff. Because then I'm like, why didn't they get the same result? Well, it's because they didn't process it the same way. And I didn't realize that as they were going through it, they were making a wild assumptions. But I didn't, maybe, you know, let's say, for example, like your landing page is like, you you get this great landing page, they follow your formula, you load it up, and it's the wrong fonts. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, how come you used a different font? Oh, I thought that font looked cooler. Well, we have brand standards, right? Well, that's something I might know. I just assume everybody uses brand standards. Of course you would use brand standards. Why would you ever change a font? But to them, they're like, oh, the font gets attention. And they're thinking about it in this little, just I got to get this page done. And they're forgetting about how it fits into the entire brand. So they, they're not making that assumption. So things like that is where we find those little mini uh, miscommunication possibilities in terms of making sure that we get the result. The other thing tactically is focusing on like maniacally on the result. And then we will walk them through how to evolve the template. And I think to your point, we expect them to evolve the template. If that template doesn't evolve, in fact, with our project manager now, she has tasks where she has to go through once somebody's gone through and they use a template for a project or a course we've developed or an event we've run or whatever the thing is, they're all templated out. When the template is complete, when that cycle has completed with that template, each individual uh, task in this case links back to the original parent template so that as people are using it, they can update, the, they can fix anything that needs to be adjusted for the current iteration of it. And they can instantly go back to the original template and make the adjustments there. And then her job, the project manager's job is to come back in and say, hey, did the template evolve? Did it adjust? Did the, and this is important, the team do it, not her, right? Because she doesn't know all the things that each individual team member knows. She can't know that. So she cannot evolve the templates, but she can make sure they get evolved and start asking like, hey, I noticed you haven't, you know, this template hasn't changed in a while. Is that, that's to me is sometimes a bad sign. Like, don't get me wrong. There are some that will be static for a long, long time, but the world changes. The markets change, products change, the way we do things change, team members change. So those templates should be changing too. And if they're not, it's a sign that that's how we're measuring, I guess, that idea of like, ah, we're not, we're not nailing this yet. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you when you were talking about making it your own, right? I guess what I would, I would phrase that as like, you know, getting buy-in, like they're co-creating it. But how do you know that they've made it their own? Like, how do you sort of measure and say, yes, they've now made this process their own? Yeah. So th- this is a good one because this is sort of how we're approaching things now, and and this is how I've always approached it. Actually, is if I want to offload a task. What I do is I record a video of me doing the task with narration, with the ups and downs, and then I task it on the person who's doing it to turn it into a process. So that's one way to make it your own is that I, I do it, I videotape it, but then I tell them to make the process. And then, and then that way it's already their own because it's their interpretation of what's happening there and it's building it out. And then, and then just giving the feedback mechanism where if, if they need to hand that off themselves, they can, they can record a video to hand it over. So that's one of the things we're doing to, to offload a ton of our repetitive tasks right now is do video and then have the person who's stepping into the role be the one that makes the task doc. So I think there, there is ownership implied there automatically. Um, a feedback loop is going to be a big one is like, is this still the right way to go? And then how do you empower that person? That's, that's something that we're, we're defining 
Um, mm -hmm. Really, this is we're in the early stages of it compared to maybe where where a company of this size should be, but we're we're really just figuring out what our method is and 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 how we're going to go about it. And so I think that's that's a big one is is um, the person who is going to own it creates it from from a video, and then the other one is that they we have a feedback loop where they know that they have the power to update it and to make it better over time. And so that that's where we're going through it. And, that, and I've been doing that. So an example is um, I've been I, I find this works really well for me is that, that we sort of like I do a video or we do a, uh, I, I do audio and then we use templates and sort of like AI stuff to sort of build that thing out into a format. And then once we have the format, we we go through it again just to make sure that it makes sense. And then and then now that becomes a living, breathing document you can make changes to as it goes. So that that's sort of how I've done it is video to the person who's receiving it. They take it, they make it their thing. And then and then we make iterative 10% steps after that. That's great. I think, you know, as I'm as I'm listening to you talk, something in my head is just kind of like, you know, we talk about there's there's the especially with SOPs or when we're managing individuals, trying to get them to to accomplish a certain result. There's the do like here's the actions I want you to take. And I think with SOPs in particular, any sort of defined process, it, it can be a mistake to focus too much too much on the do. I'm not saying the do's are not important that these individual action steps are not important, but there needs to be more. Here's why we're doing that. And so I'm curious as you're going through your videos, are you like? Kind of give it an example in a, in a quick little, you know, made up example if you want, but just kind of like, how do you do that? Do you just say, okay, so here, now we're going to click on this button, then we're going to move over here, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. Or is it more like, we're going to click on this button. Now, the reason we're clicking here is because we're trying to get to this thing to imply like, oh, we're actually trying to get this result. So if this button doesn't get you the result, there's a better way to get the result. You can figure it out on your own. You know, like, are you, are you doing that? Because on the one hand, it makes... That like I, I mean, Mike. Of course, you know, as we were talking about, it makes sense to me. You need do and why. It doesn't make sense to have too much do. It also doesn't make sense to have too much why. Yeah. Because then you can go down the rabbit hole, and your your five limit SOP is an hour and a half of you explaining every single thing in your head. So you know, how do you balance that out? Yeah. Well, it's one of the major mistakes that I've made. I think is I'm a teacher. You're a teacher. 100%. I try to teach. Yep versus try to tell <laughs> what to yeah. do. And I, I definitely overcorrect towards the teach side where I go through and I'm like, Hey, you know, or I've done this in the past. I haven't done it as much lately, but like, Hey, here's the reason why we're doing this. And I, and I just assume that the person receiving it is as entrepreneurial as me is as interested as me there. And, and a lot of, you know, depending on the role, they're just like, Oh dude, I don't care about your life story. What do I need to do to get done? Right. So, exactly. so I, I overdid it for a long time and and I've, and I had turnover because of it, not, not necessarily because of it, but, but it was a mis mutual dissatisfaction. I was mad people weren't running with it enough and they were probably mad at me for talking too much when they just wanted to get their job done. And then when I looked at how they fill up their time, it was like meeting with Jeff, watching video or watching Jeff's videos. Like, I was like, man, this is a lot of time doing that. And they're still not good enough or they're not giving me the result. That's good enough, unfortunately. And so i definitely don't do that nearly as much anymore. Um, but, but I think that the, the conclusion I arrived at is it's a role thing. And I mentioned role earlier. Um, I, I'm a big fan of, of understanding roles. Um, and, and you, you run your company to roles versus to people running your company towards individuals is a terrible idea. Running it to a role makes sense. And there's lots of different roles. 
if you if you break your business down into defined roles, it's easier to find a candidate. It's easier to find a replacement. It's easier to find their salary, how much you pay them. It's easier to do a lot of things. And so I sort of I, I look at things in levels of the role and then what the role is. And so when I say levels, and this is very important to my stance on SOPs, is that there's I call it beginner entry level beginner or entry level. This can be an intern, an apprentice, a entry level person or a subcontractor on a gig network. And that, and the expectations for that one is that they follow the plan and that plan is there and that they're just doing the repetitive tasks and and you're paying them to do the tasks, not to, not to think to a certain extent. Um, or, you know, and, and, and that's your expectation. They're not going to think they're, you're doing the things that, that you don't think those are low expense, low value tasks. Well, they have high and, value. And in that example, that's where your videos might be more like, hey, here we do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. And you're not diving into the whys. Exactly. Yep. We just give them a checklist. Hey, you go here, 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 here. And it's like the four, it's the steps. You're not going into the whys. And the intermediate one is somebody who is a employee, usually of your team. Um, they're, they have a, a mid-level job title type, type setting. Um, they're, they could be a high level contractor on Upwork. They could be, um, you know, they had an associate title. They could have a, a manager title. They could have somewhere around there. They could have a specialist title, that type of thing. And that person will go through and, and that one you do a little bit more of the why and how it fits in. And then the third one, which is the advanced, which is like your high end consultants, your VPs, your directors, that type of stuff. I honestly don't know that that type of work would even follow a process because it changes so much and it requires that thought and that's what you're paying for in that person. And so, um, you, you, you give them the level of detail you want. And if you do do videos, it's really a way of, of giving a recording of your knowledge passing. So it's more knowledge passing. It's very heavy on the, why we're doing this side versus the, how to do it side. And that's sort of how, you know, so when I, when I onboarded my director of marketing, I went through our old campaigns and I showed them here's an exact campaign. Here's why we did it that way. Here's a strategy, right? And I would go through and do that with them. So it's really the, the more expensive, the resource, the more high title there is, the more experience they have, the less, the more we're talking about how to do this for our org and in our history and our past than it is for the entry level, which is like, just follow this checklist and don't, and, and just get it done. Um, and, and then the middle one is like, okay, well, how do I, how do I make this a little bit better? And, and you understand both. So I, I do the level of detail based on the role in the organization. How about you? Yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm writing this down. This is like my takeaway from this, which is why I love these conversations. Um, but I haven't thought about in those three levels because there's, I, I, I guess I sort of, in my head, winging it's the wrong word, but it does, it's kind of probably the right word. Sometimes I'll wing it a little more than I should, where I'm like, I'm working with this person and I sort of feel like, oh, I'm doing too much do or too much why and I got to bring it up, whatever. But having it structured to think about, okay, what is this? Uh, going to your point about role as well, but also like the person's skill set within the role, but that concept of, okay, this is a very direct, simple thing. It doesn't need to require a bunch of explanation. This is a person who maybe is a temporary contractor coming in to accomplish something. Do I need to teach them everything about how I think about the company? No, it's not useful for them. It's just going to gum up the works to your point earlier. So I'll give more direct um, direction, I should say, in terms of like, okay, we're going to do this and do this and do this and do this. That makes sense to me. Um, then there's that middling up where, uh, and I'm just sort of restating, make sure I'm get, I'm grabbing what you were talking about when they 
when they're coming up in the organization or in their role where now they're taking a little bit more ownership of it. They don't need as much of this micromanaging sort of um, concept because now they do want to have a little bit of more flexibility. They want the, they, they're taking ownership and they cannot take ownership if you own it still, right? So you have to give it over to them at least a little bit. And that's where a little bit more of that teaching style, I think is useful, where it's a little, little less due and a little more of like, here's how to think about it and why we think about it this way. And then there's that, that highest level. And that's the one that was, that was the other one for me where you're hiring them to get the job done. And this is a problem I have had where I will not purposely, but sometimes I feel like I'm capping out the team and I'm the bottleneck now because it's like, they're coming to me. Like, for example, your marketing director, which is kind of what you were talking about. Cause you know, I've had this conversation before around your marketing director. You're like, Hey, you know, you know you've had marketing directors in the past that just haven't hit the mark. Um, and you've got one who the whole point is like, well, I'm going to hire somebody who knows marketing. Like I don't, I can't lead them. I can't show them how to do it. Cause if I knew how to do it, we would be doing it right. Like I, I don't, I need them to come up with the new offers, new ideas, whatever the things are that, that their job is. And in that case, it's a whole lot less do for sure, because you don't know it, um, as well, right. As, as you, especially if you're hiring for the roles in the organization, like, like I do, I've got some highly technical roles that I have no idea what they do. I just need to know that they know how to do it. Um, and that, you know, that's covered, but I, they do need to know the, why we are doing it and what the result is. And so as a manager for them, uh, working on those sort of SOPs and processes to bring it back to this is I don't get caught up in their, you know, individual click on this button, click on that button, because they don't need that. But at this highest level, it's here's why we are, we are doing this. We believe this is the best possible way, but Hey, like as if you can get us across that bridge, that's all we care about. If you're like, Hey, I got this hot air balloon that can do it. That's awesome. If you're like, Hey, let's jump on my motorcycle and do it. That's great. I don't care. Just get me across the bridge in the best possible way from your level of experience in life. That's why we're bringing on your role in this organization. Um, and that was a, that was a huge takeaway for me. So, so I guess Good. just to sort of recap with final thoughts, like, is that, did I nail that down? properly kind of think yeah, you it. not only nailed it but but going back to your example you gave earlier about the the data and and using scripts and everything like that this the, your, your your team member she is an example of coming in to do entry-level tasks that were over documented she showed that you can do it better she in the second that she did that she became what i call an intermediate level resource or or you know in the middle um she was displaying those characteristics. That's what we call like a rock star or, or a rocket ship. I call a rocket ship rocket stars, I think stupid. Um, but, but they're, that they're showing the rocket ship where they, they have a trajectory that goes up to the top faster than a standard timeline. So they're, they're in the entry level, they're showing the rocket ship. They're, they're going up this way instead of going up gradually, right? Like a normal career progression. I was a rocket ship for sure. Like I, I, in one year, two years, I basically was a owner of an agency, like a multi-million dollar agency from one or two years since I learned internet marketing rocket ship. Like I just, nothing gets in my way. I'm going, do you want to go with me or not? Right. So she did that. And then, and now she's like the advanced, the expert, the one that, that basically has autonomy, doesn't need a lot of input. They're actually going beyond you. And you just gave an example of how that works. Now, I don't think that you like the, the problem with teachers is that you always try to see potential in everybody. There are rocket ship people and then they're not. That's probably about 5% of people you're going to talk to at most, maybe just down to 1%. If you find that person and they're there, 
you got lucky. <laughs> um, you can, you know, like maybe 10% of the people you talk to are, are extremely competent in their role that they're at now and are ready for the next role. And then everybody else is sort of like they're, they are where they are. Right. And, and so the, the idea here of hiring a rocket ship, you'll, you'll, you'll have a one in a hundred chance of that, a one in 10 chance of somebody who's ready for the next level and, and they're going to be there. Um, if you can hire those in a small business, you will, you'll grow so much faster. Like my company did that. We went from, it was a, it was a $700,000 agency. I joined, I added about 300,000 in revenue. We hit a million dollars and then we went to $7 million in like four years. That's what the rocket ship is, is when you get the right level of people. And so, um, we'll talk about that more when we talk about hiring, <laughs> but that's, it's a big thing for me that actually, this is the first time I've said this out loud Mercer is that there's the one percenters and the 10 percenters. If you can hire those, like everybody always says like a players, B players, C players that that's like, I mean, I guess an A player is that 10 percenter, right? Like if you look at a grading curve, it's, it's 90% or above that they're going to be there. But if you can, you know, hooking yourself up to a rocket ship and then having some really good A players in there, that that's definitely where I'm at. So I love that. And I'm writing down all these ideas for future episodes. So I've got awesome. the whole idea of thinking about roles, that rocket ship hiring process, um, time management, you know, how we manage time, but also should you record team members time? Cause I think there's, that's a kind of interesting conversation to have contracts, you know, managing profit, all the other, all the topics we've got coming down the pipeline. Um, but this was great. So, you know, obviously, you know, today's episode all about how to manage somebody specifically working with SOPs and, and built-in processes that you already have. Uh, ideally dear listener, you got some great takeaways out of this as well. Uh, I know I certainly did. So thank you again for those, Jeff. And with that, we thank you dear listener for listening to Business Unfiltered. We'll see you on the next episode. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered, always unapologetically honest.